and everybody has it back again. Don't take no mess at the rose garden. Jesus, they're on fire. They're what we desire. The men in black can handle it. Other teams can scrapple it. How they win that game today? There's just one thing you can say. How does somebody shoot that three? Believe it, it ain't easy. How did Brian jump so sweet? Believe it, it ain't easy. It's the flying dot that's in your lap. Welcome back to the Rose Garden Report podcast. I am Sean Hyken, the author of the Rose Garden Report newsletter, which you can subscribe to at rosegardenreport.com. Free and paid subscriptions are available. As always, you can get the podcast on the Odyssey app as well as Apple, Spotify, YouTube. Make sure you go to YouTube and subscribe if you want to help grow the show. And, you know, on Apple or on any of the other platforms, subscribe, rate, review, all of that. I just wanted to check in with a solo podcast update from Chicago, given the big news that happened last night with Portland moving up from the fifth best odds in the draft lottery to getting the number three overall pick. Because I was, you know, I'm in Chicago right now. I'm here this whole week for the draft combine. I was in the actual room last night when they drew out the names for the top four picks. And so I kind of want to give you guys a little bit of, you know, background into how that whole process works and how the night unfolded for me and a little bit on where I think they might go with the pick or what they might do. We're going to get a lot more into draft stuff, I think, in the next few weeks because, you know, guys are going to start coming into Portland for workouts. I'm going to be at the Combine again today and tomorrow just to, you know, be talking to folks and getting more intel that, to, to bring and frankly I haven't really watched a ton of college basketball myself so I'm still learning about a lot of these guys as well but let's start with the bottom line the Blazers did not get Victor Wembanyama that's the bad news the good news is they moved up from five to three last year they had the sixth best lottery odds they moved down to seven which is not the result you want the night of obviously they ended up with Shaden Sharp and they're happy about that but you don't you you never want to move back. Moving up two spots, especially when, you know, after the after the results happened last night, I was talking to a few different front office executives from different teams, and everybody kind of said that the third pick is a hell of a lot better to have than the fourth pick in this particular draft. Like they're gonna be able to do some stuff, I think, with the pick. But we'll get to that in a second. So but before that, I kind of want to just take you guys through how the night unfolded from my end. So I was one of, I mentioned this last week on the show that I was going to do this, but I was one of a handful, I think it was around 15 to 20, something like that, media members that were invited to be in the back room of where they actually drew out the ping pong balls with the combinations. And so the way that that worked, I've never done this before. This was my first time doing it. The way that it actually worked was... We were all kind of escorted down there, and as we were checking in, they gave us each like a FedEx envelope, like one of those bubble mailer things, with our name written on it. And we have to put in that envelope our phones, our Apple Watches, anything, any kind of electric. The only things we are allowed to bring in are a pen and a notebook. 
any anything with any kind of electronic anything that could possibly be used to communicate to the outside world we had to put in this envelope and give to them before we even went into the room when we went into the room they uh you know had you know league staffers there a few different you know every team had one representative in the room obviously on 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 stage brandon roy was the blazers representative and in the room there uh representative was Sergey Oliva, who's one of Joe Cronin's three assistant general managers, who I know pretty well is a really good guy, but he was, he was in there and they, you know, they kind of explained the, you know, process to us and here, so here's how it actually works. Uh, there are 14 ping pong balls. They're each numbered one through 14. And there's this machine that they feed them into. That's like a little, it's like a hopper thing. And, Every ten seconds, they had a, they had a staffer like they put them in the they put them in. So what they did was they they first they held them up one by one. So they hold they hold up the one that says one and say one. So everybody basically just everybody looks at it. Everybody sees them put the balls into the machine in order, so everybody knows that it's totally above board. They are like going out of their way to make sure everybody knows that this is like the most transparent and above board and process in the world, and there's nothing at all nefarious going on there's every single box that you could check to be like see look there's no way this could be rigged like they 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 jump through all of those hoops to make sure everybody knows that the integrity of this thing is completely unimpeachable and so once they fed the balls into the hopper and it started like jumbling them up there was a staffer who every 10 seconds would raise his hand up and that would be the signal to take one of the balls out of the hopper and then you read out what the number is on the ball and once they get to four then that combination of four numbers is assigned to one of the teams and you know every team has a different number of combinations assigned to them like the uh the 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 teams with the three worst records the pistons the spurs who ended up winning the lottery and the rockets had 14 had 140 so they had a 14 percent chance that means they had 140 out of the thousand combinations the blazers at fifth had a 10 and a half percent chance. That means 105 of the combinations of four numbers were assigned to Portland. And so then they did that. And then once, you know, a, a team's name got read out, they put the balls back in the hopper, draw them out again and read the next team. The Blazers were one digit off on the fourth number of getting both the number one pick and the number two pick. They were that close. Which, I mean, you can always kind of look back at that and say, wow, they were so close. They missed out on that. Obviously, you know, that's, this is kind of a game changer for whoever. I mean, good for the Spurs, by the way. Like, that's, you know, that that's, you know, he gets to be coached by Pop. Obviously, it's a franchise and a fan base and stuff that has a lot of experience with international players, and particularly French players with Tony Parker. And, like, it's, it's not a terrible situation for Victor Wembanyama to land now, from Portland's end, again, they didn't get Wemby, so, you know, that's a disappointment. But, again, they moved up from 5-3. to three. They have the third overall pick. They're going to be able to do some stuff with that pick. I don't know. I'm still, again, like I said, I'm still kind of in the process of getting information about some of these draft prospects myself. I, I'm sure, I mean, they're going to, they're going to, I think, I, I've been saying this for weeks, that if they weren't going to get the number one pick, they were going to trade the pick. I still think that's the likely scenario. They are still going to do their due diligence 
and bring in a lot. I don't know. I don't know the whole list of like guys they're going to be bringing into Portland for a workout. I would imagine like anybody who's projected to go in the top ten. You know, not just like you know Scoot Henderson, Brandon Miller, Thompson Twins, Jarris Walker, Cam Whit. Like all of the guys that are projected like in the high lottery range. I would imagine they are in the next few weeks are going to bring into Portland to do workouts. And that's not, you know, if they bring someone in for a workout, that does not mean they're going to draft that player. That just means we want to get him in our building. We want to see him work out and with, you know, with our staff. We want to have our front office staff and Chauncey and his staff meet with them in person and talk to them and see, you know, what they're about. And maybe there's somebody that blows us away and, you know, and that's what, you know, we decide to do. I still think it's most likely they trade the pick, but you still, as an organization, when you have a pick that high, you still, for two things. One, you have to do your due diligence and bring as many guys into the building as possible just to look at them, even if you're not going to draft them. And the other thing is you want to make it seem to other teams like, hey, you know, we did like this guy in this workout. Maybe we're going to keep the pick. If you really want this pick, you better offer us more for the pick. Like, uh, like it's a lot of if, – if, if Joe Cronin were to come out, and we talked to Joe a little bit last night after the lottery, and he seemed – he kind of said he would go either way. He said, you know, this pick has a lot of value. Maybe that is value to other teams. Maybe it's somebody we like and we keep. He's not going to come out and say we're going to trade the pick because then he kind of backs himself into a corner and if teams know that he's set on trading the pick, then they're not going to offer as much. If teams think there's a chance he's going to keep the pick, then they're, if they really want Scoot Henderson or they really want Brandon Miller or they really want whoever might be available at three, they're going to have to offer more. And by the way, everything that I've re- heard, like I talked to a bunch of different folks after the lottery results came down last night in the room or you know, just kind of in the greater like ballroom where they did the lottery uh tv presentation after they had shown the results on tv they let us out and we kind of could go in there mingle with folks the blazers have a pretty good trade asset here because obviously everybody knows who the number one pick is going to be that's like that's decided that's not like the only player that the blazers are not going to bring in for a draft workout is victor Wembanyama because there's no chance that he even takes a workout or a meeting with any team besides san antonio because there's no world in which he doesn't go number one so take him off the board i think general consensus among draft people and people who pay more attention to this stuff than i do is that scoot henderson is the second best prospect on the board but charlotte getting the number two pick I think makes things a little bit interesting because they have a point guard already with LaMelo Ball and like the early buzz that I've gotten this could be just like posturing this could be smoke this could be whatever but the early buzz that I heard last night is that a lot of people think that the Hornets are gonna take Brandon Miller at two and that means that Scoot Henderson will probably not probably because you know it's a month out so much could change teams could trade out of different spots whatever but a lot of people think that there's a good chance that scoot henderson is going to be available at three now i do not expect the blazers if that were to be the case to draft scoot henderson to keep him because again he's a point guard and the blazers kind of already have one of those but if you have the number three pick and the guy who is the cons you know not strong consensus but like a soft consensus second best player in the draft you're gonna be able to kind of hold a bidding war with other teams to and kind of dictate the market as far as what you're gonna be able to get for that pick and with joe cronin's goal being to 
build, you know, a contending team around Damian Lillard, it's not the worst place in the world to be. Like, I'm just throwing names out there. Just I'm not reporting that these are guys that like are likely or anything, but like maybe Brooklyn thinks about making Mikhail Bridges available for that pick. Maybe, you know, if Boston, you know, if Boston loses in the Eastern Conference Finals, they you know, they play game one against Miami tonight. If they lose that series, maybe they decide they don't want to pay Jalen Brown the Supermax and make him available. And then maybe that's somebody that you can get with that pick. Maybe Pascal Siak. Like, those types of guys are now, and I've been, I've been saying this, I've been writing this, I've been talking about this for weeks. If they had, if they moved up to two or three, it becomes a lot more possible to get some sort of impact guy like that with the number three pick plus Anthony Simons plus whatever money to make it work package. They can do that now. If they had moved to four, even like the drop off from three to four in terms of value of the pick in this draft is pretty astronomical. And then if you know they had stayed at five or even moved down six, seven, I think nine was the lowest mathematically they could have gone. But if they had moved down, then, you know, the pick obviously has a lot less value and you have to include more stuff. If you have the third pick, they are in pretty good shape as far as what they can do in trades. And so I think in the next couple of weeks, we're going to start seeing a little bit more about, like, what teams are looking to do and who's interested in who. I mean, a lot of the stuff that comes out, you can't... This is, this is, again, where I have to give you guys, like, a PSA. Because, you know, I'm, I'm somebody... I kind of have to remind myself sometimes that I'm in this. I, you know, talk to people all the time. And I have a pretty good filter for, like, what's real and what's not. But a lot of you listening do not. And so I have to kind of remind myself that I have to kind of, you know, explain some of this to people who aren't, you know, as in it as I am. You cannot believe every single thing you read on the internet. When you hear, like... Sources, you know, from whoever, no matter how credible the reporter is, sources say this team is really interested in this guy or this team, this guy had a great workout. This team is really high on this guy. You have to always ask yourself, why is this information out there? Who does it benefit that this information is out there? Or when, you know, if you read like, oh, you know, sources say the Blazers have talked about this trade with this team. Usually when it gets out that a team has talked about a trade, that means it's dead. And so you do not need to freak out about every single rumor that you... I mean, I get that, like, you know, you're online. It's fun to just, like, go crazy about every single thing. Just kind of let stuff play out. I don't know what they're going to do on draft night. I do think that if they make a trade with the pick, it's going to happen while they're on the clock. Because they need to see Charlotte take whoever they're going to take it to. And then if you're whatever team that is interested in taking somebody with the number three pick, you want to know that the guy that you want with that pick is available. And if there's a multiple teams interested in the same player or interested in that pick, the time to hold the bidding war is while you're on the clock because then everybody's kind of running out of time. So I would, I would not expect, I mean, obviously it's within the, it's possible that, you know, a trade could get done before the draft, but I would expect a trade with this pick to happen while they are on the clock on draft night. That's just my expectation. Obviously, so much can change. Anything can change. Like, so much stuff could happen. Somebody could just completely wow them in a workout. Again, last year, we were talking about how we were absolutely convinced that they were going to trade the number seven pick because their whole goal was to get win now help for Dame. They traded for Jeremy Grant not involving that pick, and then they talked pretty seriously with Toronto about OG Ananobi leading right basically up until they were on the clock with number seven 
And then they decided not to take somebody with a pick. They took Shaden Sharp. So, and, you know, obviously they are thrilled with Shaden Sharp. I do not expect, unless it's like a Joel Embiid or like that, unless it's like that type of guy, I do not expect Shaden Sharp to be made available for trade. I think that's somebody they would like to keep. I think the package that they would offer to whoever would be like Simons plus the pick plus, you know, if you have to throw it, like, if, you know, if someone will take the Nurkic money to make it work, like that, that's an option. Or, you know, if it's like, I don't know, Nasir Little or who, so, somebody, they have guys that they can like have, you know, throw in to make the money work. You know, that Kevin Knox, you know, non-guaranteed option for next year or whatever. But it's, I think, I think whatever package they offer for whoever is going to be centered around Simons and the third pick. That would, that's just my early read on things. That's not me reporting that they are offering this, but that's just, just, you know, logically deducing what they're trying to do, what they've said they're trying to do, what is the most, you know, realistic way that this could work out. That's what I think is going to be the most in play. We will have a lot more. I've got, I've started reaching out to different guests, you know, getting some stuff lined up. We're going to have a lot of pre-draft content for you guys over the next month or so, but I just kind of wanted to do a little check-in now just to, you know, give you a little proof of life. I was in the lottery room, wanted to give you guys a little background on that, just a little kind of overview of my thoughts on kind of how everything shook out. This was not like the number one ideal outcome, but it was, you know, I think I would argue this was the second best case scenario. You move up into the top three, you have a great trade asset now, and We'll see what they do with it over the next uh, month or so. And, you know, again, keep keep it locked on the podcast, on the YouTube. Subscribe to the newsletter. I'm going to have a lot more exclusive content for subscribers coming up for, you know, rosegardenreport.com. Make sure you sign up for a paid subscription. I had a story last night with a lot more detail about my time in the lottery room last night. And I will be back with you guys soon.